Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 398 for Tuesday, the 5th of May, 2015. So nice to see you. Nice to have you here. Tonight, we are going to learn how to correct annoying PDF files. You know, the ones when Those somebody, ones. somebody sends you a PDF, they've They're scanned flipped. it in, and it's upside down, and, and reversed, and and pages are in the wrong and, order, yeah. and it's crazy. We're going to use a free tool in Linux in order to do that. Uh, also, we are going to be... Uh, we're going to be muting the built-in microphone on laptops so the CIA and the MIB can't spy can't on us. listen in on you. But we're going to do it from the Linux command line. Oh. Got a whole bunch of your viewer questions, so uh, you want to stick around. We're going to cover those tonight. Absolutely. And the topics are controlled by you folks, the viewers, so you guys need to get in the chat room and get your questions into us. And uh, you can tag me, the Krista, or Robbie F. Robbie if F. you want it to come up real quick there. Sasha made us over in the newsroom. Hey. Hello. Here's what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. Oh, my control isn't working. That's what's coming up. Uh-oh. Guess what? Here we go. We need, you know what we need to <laughs> add to the music? I need the wah-wah. Exactly. I feel like okay. You Here we go. I think it will work now. Here's what's coming up in the Category5.tv newsroom. HP is giving Linux-based laptops another try with a new line of low-cost notebooks powered by Ubuntu Linux. The XMPP API that allows desktop messaging clients to log into, send and receive messages on Facebook is being turned off. Federal Aviation Administration officials warned airlines recently about a software vulnerability in Boeing's new 787 Dreamliner jet, which has the potential to cause pilots to lose control of the aircraft, possibly in mid-flight. An EU court has ruled Skype's name is so similar to the broadcaster Skies that the public is likely to be confused between the two. And researchers at the Imperial College and the Royal College of Art in London are developing a special pen that could help Parkinson's patients' handwriting. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hilary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. So nice to have you here. My name is Robbie Ferguson. I'm Krista Wells. And Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. That's cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. Thank you to everybody who has donated this week. Uh, your contributions keep the show on the air and going strong. All of our upgrades and uh, paying the Absolutely. bills here at Studio D, uh, as well as that, the growth that you've been seeing at Category 5 TV as we launch into Category 5 TV Network. So we're really excited about what's going on with, with the show and the growth. Um, we love broadcasting on your Roku uh, devices, and all that stuff costs money. So your contributions really, really help with that. Uh, go to donate.category5.tv to pitch in. Uh, or, of course, if you want to use one of our uh, Amazon associate links, for example, you can go to category5.tv, click on support us, and you'll see the affiliate links there so that you can support us in that way as well. Absolutely. Um, do you have a mother? I have a mother. Sasha, do you have a mother? I have a mother. I have a mother. Um, and the Sunday happens to be Mother's Day, Celebration of Mothers. So remember your mother. I also have a wife who is a mother. Huh? Well... Wouldn't want to forget. So, you know, go pick up some flowers, pick up a card, fire them over. <laughs> it reminds me of the commercial that was on the radio this morning. They said, flowers are, everybody's doing flowers. Everybody's Get mom doing them? diamonds. <laughs> it's, don't want to oh, be bland. <laughs> yeah, don't want to be just the other guy buying flowers. No, diamonds. 
that's that's hey, if you got the means to do so, then uh, fantastic. Throw a little our way. All right, uh, today is a very special day. Andrew Jameson's birthday. What? Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Andrew Jameson. He's in the chat room right now. I see he's able to uh, join the show live tonight. So if you're in the chat room, make sure you say shout out and happy birthday to Andrew Jameson from all of us here at Category 5 and the community of viewers as well. I wanted to, I, I was, I was, I wanted to kind of talk about the weather a little bit. Okay. It's been Let's make some so small good. Talk. Yeah, the small talk. But I actually got out and did some gardening hmm. yesterday night. The weather was great. We looked, and there's not any frost or anything. So, have you done anything around the house yet? Or? Um, kind you know, of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, open vines. open the doors. <laughs> uh. We got raspberries. I've got uh, cucumber. Our raspberry bush is getting huge. It's the whole side of the house. Are you going to make a raspberry pie and bring it in? Probably not. Uh, We've got blueberries, uh, strawberries. Rhubarb is coming back up again. Yeah. This is the season, right? Bit of a a garden show off, aren't you? I I know. I'm excited because we own the house. uh, We bought the house a few years Mm -hmm. ago, so we've got a place that we can actually do this kind of thing. Actually plant stuff. Yeah, and just being able to get outdoors and... Finally, the weather is here to do so, and um, I'm going to be recording some more stuff for Nature Sounds of Ontario, Canada as well, working on getting the mics set up so that I can take them out into the wilderness and get some great sounds for you guys. Uh, so, yeah, the weather's really changed, really turned. Soon it'll be the sounds of mosquitoes buzzing yeah, around I know. your head it's as you coming leave your too. I love that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, could, you, could I trouble you to grab us one of those papers that are on the, the back bench there? Um, I just wanted to make mention our, and I'm going to, I'm totally going to take the other back bench, the back bench that has newspapers on it, Adam, the one that snapped, <laughs> where's this quarter jar? Yeah. Oh, it's a seat, not a bench. It's not technically a bench, Robbie. Um, I'm going to take ownership of these kids, uh, because I'm really, really proud of the, uh, the young people that were here at Studio D. Uh, really exciting to be able to use this space, I think, to uh, promote community events and, and be able to support um, things that are good going on in the community. So uh, we had uh, – Hillary and I were here. I'm looking for Maybe it. you should take that page. I know. Yeah. I'd like to say we're also young people. We, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> the young absolutely. People that we're here in but, Studio D. Uh, some of us are younger huh? than others. Stop now. <clears throat> uh, just, just because I'm like I'm too blind, I can't see the the page. Uh, we actually, Hillary and I, had a uh, a great group of kids here to do a film festival workshop, and here we go. I found it. There they go. They're in the paper, right here in the studio. Can you see it? He's going to have. Tr- it's the one with the green screen. I've centered it for you. There you go. So they uh, made it into the paper. Congratulations. That's exciting. Yeah. So we'll hang that up on our our bulletin board as well. Absolutely. That's all. Just wanted to make a mention. Cool. Have you... Now, Krista, you uh, work with web design and loads of clients and stuff. That is a truth fact. Yeah. And... One of the things that can be frustrating is when somebody sends you something that's, oh, we'll just put this up on the website, and it's not really ready to just be put up on the website. And so tonight, I want to show you how we can really quickly, um, through a free tool in Linux, fix a PDF file that's been sent off to you. These days, uh, everybody has a scanner that scans directly to PDF. And I generalize to say everybody, but a lot of companies do. A lot of the all-in-one printers, you know, you can scan it directly to a PDF and email it off. And an unbelievable number of times you get these things and they're upside down or crooked or the pages are in the wrong order. Uh, But upside down can be a little bit frustrating if you don't have the actual Adobe Acrobat product because you can't can't edit PDF files without a product that does that. Mm -hmm. And it's a commercial product. Um, you could bring it into something like GIMP or Photoshop, rotate it and save it, but now it's a JPEG or something like that, and you've lost the fact that you could just upload a PDF file to your server. So I have this happen, and so I've emulated this situation and printed uh, to to file a copy of our website. Here you are, Sasha. We're all upside down there. Oh, it's absurd. It's upside down. (laughs) How many times has this happened, though, right? 
and you can you can find your way and you can probably rotate i don't even see a feature here in my oh go PDF back to edit here. did you see you want to yeah, edit rotate left rotate left nice oh yeah i could probably do that a couple times cool and then if i close it is it and then reopen it oh look at that so it's it's remembered that that's pretty cool that's a nice little feature of this product but the the problem is if i rotate it on my computer and then i upload it to their website the customer's website or whatever it's still actually oriented the wrong way in a lot of cases unless your product saves overwrites the file right. and, and corrects it so what we want to do is we want to actually fix that so that the final file is in fact rotated permanently so that you you aren't distributing a file that looks like that so we're going to jump into synaptic package manager here and you can do this from the command line using apt-get or whatever product you use to install your uh, your programs yum or pac-man and just type in pdf mod it's going to give you this nice little tool we're going to mark that for installation and apply And what's great about this product is it's free and it lets you do some of the very basic manipulations to a PDF file while still keeping it as a true PDF file. So now I'm going to go into accessories and you see that I've now got PDF mod. It literally just took a couple seconds to install and we're going to, I can drag that file I'm sure onto that. There we go. So here's what the file looks like in PDF mod. And I can actually just grab that file uh, page by page. I can reorder them by drag and drop operation and rotate each page or rotate maybe only one page is upside down. You can just rotate one page. But here's where this is really cool. File, save. Now the PDF file is actually saved that way so that you'll see it's actually writing the file. Now it's proper orientation. I can upload that to the internet and the next person who downloads it is going to get it in the correct orientation. So free tool. It's called PDF Mod. It's available for you in your repositories on Linux. And uh, that is a quite a helpful little tool for you if you're working with PDF files that people have sent you or you've scanned your own and they're wrong. Very cool. Yeah. So we've got your viewer questions have come in, and uh, as Krista was saying, join us in the chat room if, uh, if you're not already there. Let us know what questions you've got, and uh, we'll do our best to, to try to answer them. answer them for you, and Krista will get them to me. You ready for it? You have some there? You want some questions let's, now? You're ready for some. Let's get rocking it. Whew, all right. Right back into it. Oh, here is one. Just trying to see. It is from Courtney. Hey, says, hello, Robbie. I enjoyed your 393 backup show. My question before I install, can I set up Duplicati to save to two 32 gigabyte USB flash drives? I copy to four USB thumbsticks manually now, but it is tedious and there is no provision to, get, to go back to earlier dates. My laptop has four USB ports. Maybe I could set up Duplicati to store to two or three or all four, one after the other or all four at the same time. What do you think? Yeah. Um, okay. So what you're basically thinking about doing is having a, a situation where your Duplicati backup, kind of along the lines of Time Machine, um, that backup can be on multiple devices so that if one of them gets corrupted or whatever, it's, it's redundancy of redundancy. And you know that I promote that. So there's a slightly different approach because you you don't have mirroring capabilities on USB flash drives. So you can't, I mean, you could... But realistically, are you going to set it up as a RAID? I don't think that's too likely. So what, what I would do, Courtney, is I would target my backup to a specific destination, be it on your local computer, possibly a separate hard drive in your computer, maybe an external hard drive. That would be kind of the primary destination for that backup set. And then have a copy operation which would be another backup operation it could just be uh an rsync um and and i, I found it funny a viewer called me on it not really understanding what rsync is that's r s y n c so sync is short for synchronization um so you could then set up a little script um to copy the files from your kind of master target destination 
to multiple different devices, or you could copy it manually if it's not too huge, and then you would have the the kind of scenario that you're looking for. But generally, with something like Duplicati, you've got to have a, a destination to to save it to, and then what you do from there, you can copy that backup set in its encrypted format to any device. Um, that's probably the approach that I would take, rather than trying to swap devices that are the destination for Duplicati, because then it may have trouble um, during increments. I guess a good scenario would be um, I have a customer who used to swap um, uh, external hard drives. So okay. every day they would run a backup, but every day it was a different backup drive, and they had two, I think. And so on a Friday they would plug in the drive, and then on Monday they would take that drive away and plug in another one. Mm-hmm. And then on Tuesday, Friday's drive would go back on, and Monday's drive would be the one that they're taking home. So there's this constant rotation. But because of the way that incremental backups happen, the whole idea behind an incremental backup is it will not take up a huge amount of space because it only saves the changes since the previous right. date. So in this instance, uh, and and I, I clarified this to the customer and we fixed their scenario, but here's what was happening. They had Friday's backup drive connected to the server. They all Friday was a very busy business day. All their emails are being backed up to this drive. Um, every document that they edited that day was all their orders. Everything was being backed up to this drive. So then, uh, because incremental say, oh, they changed. Let's say they changed fifty different Word documents mm-hmm. just to make it simple that were all order related and very important to the operation of their business. So then that got backed up on Friday night's backup to this external drive. Monday they come in, they unplug Friday's drive, okay, that's got those, that data, they plug in Monday's drive. Nothing happens because Friday's backup already took place. Monday is a slow business day and nothing's really going on, so Monday night's backup happens, it's pretty small, and the incremental now on Monday's drive is missing all the stuff that happened on Friday. Then they unplug the backup drive from on Tuesday morning, plug in Friday's drive, and they get the increments for Tuesday, but not for Monday. And you've got this kind of leapfrogging going on. (laughs) And it's a compounding issue because every day you think that you're getting this incremental backup, but because you're swapping drives, you're actually getting only a partial increment. And that can not only confuse the backups, but in a recovery scenario, you'd be, it would be an absolute nightmare. So, Courtney, my suggestion is target one single destination, and it can be a RAID, let's say a RAID 1 where there are two drives so that you don't have a problem with failure, uh, or at least you've got some redundancy there. Uh, but it could be a single drive. It could be an external drive or whatever. And then from that destination, that is the source for all of your copies, so then you would take that, have it upload to uh, an SSH server, have it throw it on a pogo plug, have it do whatever, copy to a couple of USB drives. You know, Once a week you could make a copy, something along those lines. But you've always got that single destination so that you never have a problem with the incrementals and losing data. Hope that helps, Courtney. Thanks for the question. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Here is... <laughs> Um, a question from C128D. Hey there. Uh, I think I said that right. It says, how do you go about fixing an incorrectly coded start menu item in Linux? I like to use Nopix. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, Live disk for quick Linux access on Windows systems. I have found a problem with all of the 7.4x releases that they refuse to fix, stating it's not their problem but the program's fault. The start menu en- entry for a KDen live. Yeah. And so that is a, a video editor. Okay. And the, is it point four X? I think that's what that says. Version is KDen live and there's a line of okay. kind of. <laughs> so K, uh, saying that we have to have KDen live percent I. Caption. Dash caption percent C percent U. Yeah. Which With won't start the program, program, and you've got to put quotes around the percent %c. Um, the correct syntax that works in previous releases is kdenlive %i-caption. Um, 
quotes, percent whole bunch C of gibberish. Quote. Yeah, uh, no right. quotation marks around the percent There are C. quotes around yes. some of it. I'm going to boot up a, a Nopix disk here so that we can see. What else uh, it says, I've tried right-clicking on the entry and modifying it, but all that does is add a second entry with only one of them working. Surely there must really? be a better way to go about this to fix this correctly and permanently. I'm working with a live USB with persistence enabled, um, not a DVD, although I would like to be able to then create a live DVD from the corrected version if possible. Any assistance would be greatly appreciated <sighs> as Nopix is not concerned with fixing this problem at all. Um, laying the blame on the kdenlive.deb file, I find it amusing that they feel that way as other distros like Point Linux, uh, huh. Mint, or Ubuntu Mate, among others, that don't have this problem. How could they really say that it's a kdenlive issue when it's actually their menu system, as, as far as I can understand the, um, what you're explaining here? Um, so I've booted up into Nopix 7.2. That's the most recent ISO that I have. Let's see what, uh, that's just booting up here. And this is a Linux distro that lets you run from a, a live CD. Let's see if I can get, I think the menu may be at the bottom here. There it is. Cool, looks strikingly like yours. Wow. Yeah. Ooh. LX panel. It's based on LXDE. There you go. So with LX, LXDE, I wish I could go full screen for you, but my resolution, let's see if I can change the resolution. <clears throat> may have to go through some settings. Not, not to worry. What we'll do is we'll just work in a windowed mode here, and I'll just scroll down. Okay, so with LXDE, what you would do um, typically is right-click on a, a menu item, and you should be able to modify that item by clicking on Properties. And you see here... Leaf pad, for example, percent F. So I'm not sure, you know, what what exact problem you're encountering when it comes to adding something in in quotes. Like if I had to include that, for example, and hit OK, right click on it, properties again, uh, it's not there. Is that what you're encountering? If I hit close the menu and bring it back up again, now look at it, and it is there. So it's it's almost like a refresh issue in this instance. Is that uh, I'd want to know if that's what you're encountering? Did you see how that happened? I had entered it mm-hmm. and it didn't actually take. So if I change that, I may not think that I changed it, that it took it. So if I hit OK and then I right click on it again and go Properties, it didn't actually. Well, that time it did. <laughs> so it's inconsistent. But it did seem to take it if um, if I make that change to the menu item. But that's where I would start. Now, if, if that's not effective for you and the LXDE menu, if that's what you're using, is still not working, then perhaps you could actually just create a shortcut of sorts um, to, your, to your application directly on the desktop or create a folder and create some, some shortcuts that would allow you to run it um, depending on the command that you want to run. You could create a desktop file and drop it on there that be a solution if uh, if the menu won't do it if um, in this particular case though i think that um, this would be a good scenario where perhaps if i could remote into your computer take a look and uh, we would do that through team viewer for example and uh, and that way i could actually have a look on the air and see if we could resolve this for you but that's what i see with my nopix installation anyways so i hope that that helps i'm not so sure if i if i quite nailed that one but um, want to remind you folks, uh, are questions coming in in the chat room? Uh, no, nothing in the chat okay. room so far. Chat room, folks, if you've got any questions, I'd love fire to... Fire them uh, over. Yeah, fire them over to Krista, the Krista in the chat room, the one and only. So that would be great. And then uh, we will do our best to field those for you. Absolutely. And in the meantime, Sasha, are you just about ready over there? I believe I am. All right. I'm going to shut down my Nopix 7.2 here. And jump over to your screen. <laughs> All right. It's Tuesday, May 5th, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Ubuntu Linux will power the next line of low-cost laptops from HP. Facebook is turning off the ability to use third-party apps such as Pigeon to access its chat service. 
The FAA is warning airlines that Boeing's 787 Dreamliner has a major software flaw and could suddenly shut itself off in mid-flight, causing the pilot to lose control of the aircraft. Microsoft can't get a trademark for their Skype name or logo in the European Union as the court feels it too closely resembles broadcaster Sky. A new type of pen is designed to help Parkinson's patients with their handwriting and could lead to the development of other devices which help ease the frustrating effects of the disease. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. We've got a special deal for you. If you need uh, web hosting, go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. And for only $70, that's seven zero seventy dollars you are going to get a free domain registration. You're going to get unlimited hosting with unlimited bandwidth, unlimited email accounts, and the ability to host as many domains as you would like. All for just $70, and we've got some other bonus features there. The hosting is a LAMP stack, so it's Linux, Apache, PHP, MySQL. Not necessarily in that order, uh, but uh, that's how you do it. Cat5.tv slash DreamHost. And, of course, as you're checking out, use the coupon code CAT5TV. Back to the newsroom. Here's Sasha. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the Category5.tv newsroom. HP is giving Linux-based laptops another try with a new line of low-cost notebooks powered by Ubuntu Linux, which it will sell in the UK through online retail giant eBuyer. The laptops will be available beginning at the end of this month. The laptops, which will be priced between 200 and 300 pounds, will have a 15.6-inch LED display and one terabyte hard drives, as well as four or eight gigs of memory and a quad-core AMD processor of varying performance, depending on price. The official collaboration between HP and Canonical means that the operating system is certified for all of the laptop's components. Wow, that's great news, eh, Robbie? Nice, sounds good. Awesome. These kind of partnerships really help with um, the adaptation of Linux across the board, so... Yeah. Way to get it into the hands of the consumer. I think what also makes this exciting, <clears throat> there is a fear with the release of Windows 10, which is pending for this summer, um, that manufacturers are going to fall into Microsoft's proposal to lock down all the laptops and lock down the systems and make it so that it's really hard to get a system that you can install Linux on. And that would be a really bad scenario for freedom in general. Um, this kind of shows that HP is saying, you know what, we're going to actually make one, at least a line of laptops that's going to remain Linux compatible. And not yeah. not just Linux compatible, but officially supported and endorsed by HP themselves. So that's what excites me about it. It's perfect. Linux is taking over the world. <laughs> bum, bum. <laughs> the XMPP API that allows desktop messaging clients to log into, send and receive messages on Facebook is being turned off. No. Yes. <laughs> Facebook say Facebook say API depreciation may take a few weeks. Trying to connect to Facebook chat using an application like Pigeon or Empathy will no longer work and will throw a connection error. A replacement API for accessing Facebook chat from third-party applications has not yet been announced. This change does not affect your ability to chat with your Facebook buddies on Facebook's website or using the Facebook's Messenger app. Hmm. Truth be told, if you want to talk to your friends, just join our chat room and, That's uh, the way to do it. you know, I like we'll, your style. Talk, we'll talk to you there. Yeah. <laughs> Federal Aviation Administration officials warned airlines recently about a software vulnerability in Boeing's new 787 Dreamliner jet, which has the potential to cause pilots to lose control of the aircraft, possibly in mid-flight. The bug, which is either a classic integer overflow or one very much resembling it, resides in one of the electrical systems responsible for generating power, according to a memo the FAA issued last week. The vulnerability, which Boeing reported to the FAA, is triggered when a generator has been running continuously for a little more than eight months. Dreamliners have four main generator control units, or GCUs, associated with the engine-mounted generators. If all of them were powered up at the same time, and I quote the memo, after 248 days of continuous power, all four GCUs will go into fail-safe mode at the same time, resulting in a loss of all AC electrical power regardless of flight phase. 
Boeing is in the process of developing a GCU software upgrade that will remedy the unsafe condition. And I certainly hope that they won't let any of their planes fly until that happens. So, oh. That is incredibly frightening. (laughs) Thanks for really creeping me out there, Sasha. Between that and the train derailment story last week about the train, I guess, control systems being hackable. Oh, yeah, being hackable. All modes of transportation are just... Just walk. Basically, yeah, walk. if you need to go anywhere, your you're bike. in big trouble, mister. <laughs> Oi. <laughs> An EU court has ruled Skype's name is so similar to the broadcaster Skies that the public is likely to be confused between the two. The judgment prevents Microsoft from registering a trademark for Skype's name and bubble design logo. Judges at the General Court of the European Union said, conceptually, the figurative element conveys no concept except perhaps that of a cloud. They liken the relationship of clouds to the sky and offer that as further evidence of the public's inability to distinguish between them. Microsoft, which is based in the U.S., intends to appeal against the decision. I feel like that's one of those too strange to be true sort of situations. (laughs) So there's no similarity at all between those. Should I go back to that? Please go back. Yeah. Okay. Here you go. Zero similarity at all. There's a a P. Well. And an E. Sasha, to be fair, the word sky is in Skype. Yeah. Look at those first three letters. Those are exactly the same. Exact same. Right. <laughs> but You have me going there because you're a designer. And so I'm like, oh, if she sees something I don't see. Everyone's looking at just, You see my face there? <laughs> it just makes me shake my head. Usually, um, people are smarter than this. I, I think <laughs> if I was in the UK, I would be feeling a little bit like shaking my head. And are you? Or do you feel like you... you can, can you tell the difference? If you can, are living in Europe on. right now, just please message me. Can you tell the difference between those two images? Yeah, the color yeah. scheme's not the same. The font's not the same. <laughs> well, sky yeah. doesn't have a bubbly cloud around it. <laughs> like, However, the, the cloud the does make me think of the sky. <laughs> so it must be sky. I remember when we had that whole what color is the dress situation. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, this is not the same. Not at all. <laughs> no. no. Not at all. All right. I knocked off my uh, microphone here. Well, Lose your headset? <laughs> yeah, there we good. go. There we go. Parkinson's disease causes tremors or stiffness that can turn everyday tasks such as eating, brushing teeth, or writing into frustrating chores. A few years ago, a company called Liftware developed forks and spoons that respond to shaking by steadying the utensil, making it easier to enjoy a meal. Now researchers at the Imperial College and the Royal College of Art in London are developing a device called the Arc Pen that vibrates to stimulate muscles in the hand. The vibrations could help Parkinson's patients' handwriting, in part by counteracting what's known as micrographia, which causes writing to be so small and barely legible. The researchers, who formed a company called the DOPA Solution, have not yet published results, but they say that 12 out of the 14 Parkinson sufferers testing their vibrating prototype arc pen were able to write larger, clearer characters than they could with a normal pen. DOPA hopes to also develop tools, brushes, and even computer mice that work like their pen. Not a cure, of course, but certainly a way to help users have a more satisfying life. This is a great use of technology. I, I love so. making things more accessible. It seems so simple. Eh? When, when someone comes up with something that seems so simple, and it's, why didn't I think of that? Mm-hmm. And it's like you say, it's not a cure by any means, but at least it's some way to make life a little easier. Exactly. And it just kind of makes sense if it can be done. Awesome job. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the Category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Krista Wells. Nice to see you. Thanks for being here. Krista, how you been? Uh, I've been pretty swell. Yeah? 
Yeah. You're keeping busy? I am keeping very busy. Yeah, it comes with the fluctuation of, uh, I guess, the warm weather, so comes the clients. So all good ah, things. Everybody wants a new website these days. Yeah, shiny uh, new logos. Have you found, like, a, the past month or two has just been everybody needs new stuff? Yes. I, I think Google really pushed it with the responsive design, at least in yes. my industry. Really yes, pushing. that was a huge, huge change. Everyone's kind of yeah. a bit antsy now. Like, are their sites not being deemed as important anymore all of a sudden? Right. And yeah. And so for me, I'm redesigning every website that I designed that was not responsive yeah. five years ago. Yeah, it's not been an option anymore now. Yeah, it's, a, exactly. it's a necessity. So. Yeah. If you're not sure yeah. what we're talking about, hey, we did a show on it just a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you go to our website, category5.tv. You'll find some great content there. I'm biased. You've got more questions for me. I have I lots can of questions. There's one from the chat room. Yeah. What? Uh, Cal Hydro, he has a GIMP question. Nice. Uh, it says, I discovered this great plugin for GIMP to quickly create a tear off image. The tread indicates that it is an older version that worked with GIMP 2.6, not GIMP 2.8. Is there any way to get this plugin working or get the same effect in GIMP 2.8? And there's a link here for you, too. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to jump back to the chat room and see what I can come up with here. Okay. There we go. You got it. All right. Thanks, Cal Hydro. Looking at our chat room tonight, we've got people from all over the world, and it's so incredibly nice to have you here. Loading up the map here just to get an idea where people are from. Oh, somebody watching in Peterborough. Not too far from us. Nice to see you. We're all around the world tonight. All right, jumping over to your plug-in here, the tear-off for screenshot jagged effect. That's kind of cool. Check that out. Okay. So the plugin is built for 2.6? 2.6, yes. And we're on 2.8. Yeah. So if I bring up the GNU Image Manipulation Program, a.k.a. GIMP, 2.8, let's take a look. Okay, so tear off. It's kind of cool to automate the process for sure. I've never looked at this plugin before, so this is kind of new to me. Um, however, getting it working, uh, 2.6 to 2.8 is pretty compatible. Let's go to the website. I'm guessing that's a link directly to, there we go, the GIMP repository. What do we need here? I, I, get, I, I would gather, now this is older, but I would guess that it would most likely work on 2.8. Have you had the experience that it has not worked? Is there something that you've run into? I think what you might run into is, you know, if there are language issues uh, between them, but you can get in, this is a Python plugin, so you can make changes to the script. Do we, do we venture into it? Way to th- throw a curveball in the chat room. That's Robbie was not prepared. Well, it's new. Okay, so let's look at to install this plugin. Put the Python file um, in the plugins folder. Okay, of course. Where do we download it? Do we see a download? I'm looking on the website here. I'm going to just do a quick search. Download. Is that actually Python? That's for Python. Where's the download for this, man? I can't really test it without a download. Oh, what's these? Oh, it's in the form of a Python attachment. There we go. Okay, let's uh, let's try it. I'm going to bring up my... I've copied that to my clipboard with Control-A, Control-C, and then Control-V to create a copy of the plugin here. Going back to this, let's check what it tells us to do. So we want to throw this into our plugin folder, which is tilde, and then... It says GIMP 2.6, but what does that? What is that location on my computer? So tilde is in fact my home folder. So when I type that, it's actually going to dot Rob or to Robbie home Robbie. So if I type GIMP, you notice it automatically starts filling in 2.8 as the folder. So that's cool. And then we're going to find our plugins folder here. There we go. So I don't have anything there. Let's save this file into there. 
uh, tilde dot gimp dash two point eight slash plug in slash and what was the name of it? This was tear off. Okay. Back at our instructions here. Okay, under Linux, make the file executable with that command, or of course you can just right-click on it, go properties and permissions, allow executing file as a program, because I know that you're in a GUI because we're using GIMP, right? So so we've made that executable. Uh, if I've got Python installed, it will run. Uh, if you don't have Python installed, oh, it goes into that as well. Let's double check. So go into your administration here, Synaptic Package Manager, and check that we've got Python installed. I do. Okay. So that's good. If you don't have that checked off, just mark it for installation. You'll be good to go. Next step, uh, restart GIMP. Is it that simple? I'm in 2.8, so let's see what happens if I quit and go back in. See if it works. Graphics. GNU Image Manipulation Program. And where do I find it? See, I've never used this plugin before. Not getting any errors or anything. Filters. Where do you find it, my friend? Is there any response in the chat room there, Krista? I don't see anything in, uh, pertaining to this. All right. Please uh, do respond back um, to my questions. Have, uh, where, have you gotten this far? Have you, have you done that so far? Uh, let's see. The script should run in the following environments. Ubuntu. And so I've just got to find it in the, within the menu system then. I'm looking in filters, looking in. If I can't find it, then I may just have to move on and, and I'll get a look at it after the show. And Unless you've got an answer for me in the chat room. No answer, eh? No, Aww. nothing in there. Sorry, well, worth a shot. Oh, Cal Hydra actually, he says uh, he hasn't tried that yet. Okay. Do you remember where it was located in GIMP 2.6? That would probably help us out. Uh, and I'm just checking under create as well, just to see if I find it here. I'm just going through here. I'm going to try renaming the script just in case that's all it is. Maybe. And here we go. Last chance here, Calhydro. See if it runs. Yeah, I just don't see it. So I'm sure it's it's we can get it going. It's just a matter of okay, we're not sure where it, where it puts it. So sorry, man. Well, uh, and sorry to you if uh, if you're following along. But uh, that would be where I would start. Um, uh, JWMP says to check script foo. Yeah, it's not there. Oh. I'm going to refresh scripts, filter, script foo. Let's see. That's where you want to put it anyways. Oh, I wish that I wasn't, if I wasn't live, I would just, you know, take the, t if I was doing this, off the air, I would just take the time to go through every menu item and see if I can find it because it's going to be here somewhere. I'll find it after the show. Revdy Jank says plugin script puts a tear off menu item on the image menu. On the image menu, eh? Thanks. I don't see it. Oh. Tear off at the bottom. Okay, oh, so, so it is there. It's just not available. You don't have okay, anything. Okay, so let's grab a screenshot. For, we're going to create from web page. And thank you for that. Um, HTTP www.category5.tv. Let's just do that. Take a screenshot of the web page. Mm -hmm. 
All right. <laughs> just my luck. I will open, because we just happen to have a PDF of our webpage, why don't I open that? <laughs> How does that work out? Wow, okay. how perfect. Right yeah, image, we planned that. Tear off. Now we got it. Beautiful. The plugin needs a selection. So we're going to go, let's grab the top part here, right click, image, tear off. I'm going to use the defaults just for kicks. There we go. Look at that. And it has worked. So it's basically torn that selection out of the image. So we got it to work. Okay. I, I apologize that, you know, it's, we're a little bit fumbling here because it's a question that came in live and no prep went into that. But so it's as simple as that. And if you rewind back and through my fumbling, we figured it out. Uh, and thanks to the chat room for helping us find our way as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, there's kind of a little interesting email here. Yeah. Um, first off, a lot of people are commenting on how angelic you look right now with the well, sun just you. beaming in. I haven't bought new drapes yet. I thought it was safe today, Sasha, because it was, it was so it overcast. Was cloudy. Yeah, it was cloudy earlier, so I didn't even think of it actually. Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't bother but, today because it's you know we had other things to do. And, but besides right. buying drapes, yeah, more last important week was worse. things. Last week was worse. <laughs> <laughs> I thought drapes were drapes, the highest thing on my show. list, but yeah. Um, <laughs> There is an email here from Roy W. Nash. Uh, he says, hey, Hi, Robbie. Roy. At a glance, one of the contestants in this year's MasterChef on BBC One looks a little like you. Do you have this link? Oh, that's random. I, I can get it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up the email from Roy. Roy W. Nash, of course, a big contributor to the show in the fact that he provides almost uh, a, a majority feed. of the news stories for the news. Wow. <laughs> oh, he looks just like you. You <laughs> just need a devilish mustache. <laughs> I just, I just need the mustache and the little, the little twilly, there's a little bit of wax in there. Oh, can you smile? Just tilt your chin down. Give the. <laughs> you can draw it on there with genuine manipulation like program. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I've heard Joe Satriani um, as as a good comparison to what I look like. I think that that was that's a pretty accurate. See if I can. There are definitely <laughs> images of him that would would probably classify as looking. Was it because he's like bald? Because uh, yeah, basically, it, our community is like my kids. So Mr. Clean and Robbie. Every time they see a bald guy, <laughs> they say, Daddy, that guy looks like you. Actually, can you cross your arms for a minute? Mr. Clean. Do I have to look? Oh, <laughs> he's got his ears pierced, too. I could put some big hoops in and maybe not. Yeah, and then Becca would make right. you clean up the house. and. <sighs> <laughs> uh, if only it was that easy. Roy, thanks for the for the laugh. That's Here's great. a question from Voodoo Sandman. Hey, Voodoo Sandman. Robbie, is there a command line that will disable built-in microphones and webcams? And how do I manually control my Dell XPS 1730 fan? That sounds feed? like a second question. You want me to just stop at the first? No, I'm just... Is there a command line that will disable built-in microphones and webcams? All right, let's start oh. with that. All right. So, yeah. Okay. Here's the scenario. You've got, um, I'm just going to close out what we were working on. You've got a laptop computer. It's got a built-in microphone. You don't sure know if do. any programs are using Accessing your microphone, yeah. streaming your audio somewhere. So uh, if you're in the terminal, you don't have a GUI, then you'd, you'd be in a scenario like this. You've got, you don't have this feature, which is right-click sound preferences, input. Hello, hello, hello. And I can mute it. Right. If you're in the terminal, if you're in a you know not a GUI environment, you don't have that. So let's pretend that we're in a non-GUI environment, and that's all I see on my screen. So there's a little command here you can type into your Linux box called Alsa Mixer, and you'll see that this is basically a text mixer. And if you hit F4, you're going to switch to capture mode. So in capture mode, now I can just hit space, and I've thereby muted my microphone. 
I can also I can hit space to see it's in capture mode. So the, the microphone is currently on. If I hit space, it turns it off, and now the mic is off. However, in capture mode, I can also adjust the levels by pressing down and up, respectively, on my keyboard. So that's a text mode mixer for your audio that allows you to control all of the aspects of your audio. However, on my sound card, it's, it's pretty rudimentary. I've got output, input, Excellent. that's it. Uh, for your camera, along a similar vein, I would suggest, because a camera built into your laptop is just a USB device. So how do you disable that, block it uh, effectively without... You put a little piece of tape over it. You put a little piece of tape over it. <laughs> Electrical tape is, is the answer. Um, because there's there's no real way to do it from software without you know breaking something. So that's that's she's got it. A little bit of tape. That's it. A category five sticker. Right there. <laughs> what else you got? For uh, the second question here says, uh, "How do I manually control my uh, Dell XPS seventeen thirty fan speed without the shattered Windows OS platforms, Live Fast and Procreate triples?" Live fast. Oh, <laughs> live fast. And that was part of the question. It's uh, it's a sign off, and oh, okay. I read it wrong. Yeah. So live fast and procreate triples. There you go. Wonderful. Uh, Thanks. And, okay. You know. So we want to adjust the fan speed. It's an XPS seventeen thirty. Dell has a uh, a kernel <laughs> module um, that is in fact included in the Linux kernel these days. Let me just get out of what I was doing here, um, and it is called i eight k. What you can do. Because you're, you, in this instance, are in a desktop environment. Go into Synaptic Package Manager. Do a quick search for i8k. I guess I put in the wrong password because it didn't come up right away. I talked and typed at the same time. So it's just like it sounds, i8k. And that's going to give you the options. Now, keep in mind, in, notice that I don't actually see i8k as the kernel module as an option because these days i8k is included and that is Dell's solution to um, BIOS control. So what we need is some way to now um, manipulate that information. Um, I believe it works with LM sensors and all that kind of stuff if you want to be able to monitor things but if you want to make changes there is a a tool here called i8k utils so that would be the package to install i8k utils and you'll see here, this is a collection of utilities to control Dell and Spiron and Latitude laptops. It includes programs to turn the fan on and off, to read fan status, CPU temperature, BIOS version, and to handle the volume buttons and function keys and so on. So I'm guessing that that's uh, what you're looking for. That puts it into the GNOME panel. So I, I suppose you'd have to have GNOME or MATE, a.k.a. MATE. Um, but that may get you there. So, But uh, certainly as a starting point, I8K is going to get you there. Uh, and you can, in fact, control from the command line as well um, in, if you've got the tools installed. So that would be my starting point. Excellent. Good luck. I don't, I don't have a Dell system to you – can't, you can't do it on something that's not Dell. So I can't show you. I can only tell you. Good luck. Please let us know. Uh, are you ready for another one? Sure. All right. Yeah. Uh, this one doesn't so much look like a question. <laughs> it's a comment, so oh, okay. be prepared. All right. Um, hi, Robbie and the rest of the Cat5 crew. Well, hello. <laughs> I was watching episode 397 where you talked about a recent WordPress security flaw and recommended that everyone should upgrade. Of course, you should upgrade. Uh, of course, one of the important things to do is to back up first. Excellent. Uh, I would like to recommend a great plugin to help with backing up called Updraft Plus. I like it because it makes my job backing up as easy as clicking a button. I would highly recommend it to anyone who's looking to do a backup of their site. We had upgrading to the sites that I run. I use it to back up and it saved a lot of time. As far as I know, the free version should allow you to do backing up and downloading of your databases and uploads and all that good stuff. I love the show and keep up the good work. Very cool. And in fact... Yeah. I'll just let you know, we have featured Updraft Plus on the show before. I appreciate the tip. It's an excellent tip and certainly a product that, uh, that I, um, I love. I mean, I wouldn't have a WordPress blog without Updraft Plus because it just makes backing up and automating those backups so uber easy. Now, uber if you easy. do a quick search, uh, you'll actually see uh, that 
Updraft Plus themselves posted uh, our show on their Facebook page. So there's their post from September 3rd, 2014, and it's got the links and everything there. This is episode number, let's find out for you, 363. So what Updraft Plus essentially does is it keeps a backup of your database, your file system, your uploaded images and everything. It can upload it to an FTP server or Amazon S3 or throw it to you by email or save it on the same server and you can download it later. Those kinds of things. It's handy for situations uh, even not so much. uh, There's the aspect of having a backup in case something crashes. That's fantastic. Updraft will help you with that. However, there's also the scenario where you run updates on WordPress and something breaks. And the most More frustrating often than not, oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> And the most frustrating thing that you could ever have happen is have that happen and then having to reinstall WordPress or trying to figure yeah. out what you need to remove or fix. Updraft makes it one click simple. So if I have an example of a, a realtor website that uses an old version of a theme, and unfortunately, upgrading the theme breaks everything. Yes, I've had that. <laughs> yeah. And so what I do is I run Updraft Plus first, then I run all her updates, and then I revert the theme. Mm-hmm. Instantly, it takes the theme from the backup and replenishes all of the stuff that is necessary for that theme. It's it's a rudimentary way of holding back the theme, but it resolves the issue while still being able to keep the blog up to date. So it, it works great. So do check that out, episode number 363, and thanks for the tip for our viewers. And if you haven't already seen that and you run a WordPress blog, you definitely want to check out that episode. Absolutely. Can we fit one more? Uh, I'm not sure how long this one is. All right. Um, this one's from the chat room from DJ Quad, uh, something to skim during the show. And then there's a link here around um, 7.30 if you want to check the chat room there. At about 7.30 tonight? Yeah. Last night, actually. Okay. Last night. Time travel. Cool. Uh, uh, I just to... want to know if you have any thoughts on it. Really. Uh, holy cow, I can't read all that in <laughs> one... Skim. Use your skim. I'll tell you what. I hi, I'm Weasel seems um, responsible and mature. Means all. That's my opinion. Get phased out right away. Shame. Shame. What is it? What else you got for me? I'll take a look at this after. All right. Um, Sorry. Geez, you're picky. Eh? I know. I know. See, it's going to take me three minutes to find a, a question that you can answer in three minutes. Okay. Is that, how, is that what it's come down to? That's what it's come down so to. So now she's... Uh, this she's, one looks kind of like a comment also. Maybe I'll just read that and I'll okay. read it really slow. Notice how she's, she's picking ones that are short. And I'm like, just give me questions. They got questions well, I got answers. I'm just saying. Or at least I will try. All right. What, what is this? If you quit talking, I could just... Oh, sorry. I'll just... I'll shut up. All right. So this one is from Mixter Moster. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Mouser. Mouser. So it says, watching episode 72, so like way back. 72? Uh, yeah, on YouTube from February 2009. Wow. I used a bootable Ubuntu USB drive instead of a CD and used drag and drop instead of copy and paste, which works well too. I've been, wow, how technology has changed since 2009. <laughs> I've been playing with this dead Windows 7 machine for two weeks trying to figure out how to recover the files. I have been searching the YouTube videos, looking for a way to do this, and found some that were incredibly involved and way too technical for me. Then I finally came across your video, and the lights went in my brain, went (laughs) on, I assume, in my brain, and all fell into place. Now I can reinstall Windows on the other machine without having having lost all the data. Really made my week. Thanks. Multiple exclamation points. Uh, The Windows 7 Home Premium Machine I have been trying to restore. It has such a mess of the OS. I can't even use the restore by computer function to fix it. I'm going to have to do a fresh install. And it was important to retrieve irreplaceable wedding photos and college papers, among other things. Um, I was also extremely happy to find your video. I appreciate all that you do in the computer world. Thanks again and again. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sending that in. Isn't it cool to think... Something still helpful from something, 2009. <laughs> something I said in 2009. People are still listening me, to you. Is helping. I hardly listen to you like now. I know I she completely ignores. I me. couldn't like I couldn't say anything that you've actually uh, said this show because I, I don't know. know if I was you listening. Can watch it but they were listening you to you in 2009. Will. That's impressive. And Good here on we you. are, 2015, six years later, yeah. and it helped you with a problem where you could have lost all those wedding photos. 
How cool is that? That's what I love about this show and this community, the longevity of it. And, you know, sometimes it's hit or miss with certain products that we review or, or feature because, you know, sometimes things disappear mm-hmm. and fizzle out. But there are certain things that will always be. And that's just, you know, the way that Linux works and and uh, being able to help you with, with the general kind of ideas and concepts behind, hey, how do I recover my Windows computer that I can't boot? using a free tool Linux that's cool now I want to go back and watch episode 72 Carrie Webb was on the show back then our very first co-host that's how classic this episode is I think we were 320 (laughs) by 180 no we would have been 320 by 240 we weren't even widescreen back then what yeah now we are a rocking 1280 by 720. Well, the kids are watching it going, what? No widescreen? No widescreen? What was that? We didn't even have YouTube back then, kids. What? There was no such thing as HD because they hadn't invented it yet. Now you're just talking jabber. No, this is true. You're just being crazy. <laughs> well, that's all the time that we have. I can't believe an hour has gone by. Sasha, what Me? do you think? That's the fastest hour ever. Ever? Ever. In history. Ever. Mark it down. I hope you had fun, though. We covered a lot of topics tonight, so I'm going to have trouble giving this show a title. We're just going to call it the Jabberwocky I was just going to say Jabberwocky. Were you going to say it? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) May the 5th be with you. I have to go home and reconsider my life choices. Robbie and I just had the same brainwave. (laughs) That's what it is. It's revenge of the 5th. Yes. Yes, it is. There you go. So have a fantastic week, everybody. Thanks, Adam, for being here and doing camera for us. Thanks to you at home for watching the show and participating in our in our community and, and, and everything that we do here. Craziness, our crazy babble. Thank you. Have a great week. See you, See you next Tuesday. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.